All right. Welcome to another episode of OMD Red Talks, uh, the podcast here at OMD USA that focuses so much of our efforts on educating our teams by learning about the marketplace and all things that are orbital to it. Uh, today, we have an amazing guest. And I'm so happy we do uh, welcome Kaylee Arbertsman. You know, let me give, first and foremost, our listeners kind of a taste of who you are before we get into uh the talk where we can experience it for ourselves. So for those of you who don't know and are listening, Kaylee is a strategic insights trailblazer. That's such a good word. Who knows that research goes far beyond the numbers. That alone resonates with our OMD story. Uh, and she is a storyteller as well who creates energetic narratives that resonate with each intended audience and the industry at large. You know, currently Kaylee is the global head of consumer research and insights at Insider, where she leads a team of analysts Political innovators, my favorite word, who are responsible for authentically connecting with clients by developing studies on reader behavior and industry trends. She develops topics that few in the industry have touched on, uh, such as brand bravery, which I love and I would love to hear more about. You know, be brave is a personal motto. So Kaylee is also responsible for working across the organization and equipping each function with uh, powerful data-driven insights that differentiate insider from the competition, which who doesn't love that? You know, Kaylee's done a lot and has experience that spans the media and technology industries at companies, including Turner, Viacom, HP Enterprise. These are partners we know and love. And she's presented research findings and market insights to hundreds of stakeholders during live high stakes events. Uh, I'd love to know what those are too. So um, if you need someone to transform data into actionable journeys, she's your person, but we are so much more than our job outside of work. Kaylee is a wizard at baking from, from scratch. She volunteers as the board of trustees president for a for an education nonprofit, which I suppose that balances the day job to drive revenue. So welcome. Thank Kayla. you so much, Luke. It's so, so great to be here. I'm really excited about this opportunity. Yeah. And it, it certainly always feels like an opportunity to learn and, and to be curious and to satiate that. So, you know, today's topic, we're, we're going to dive in to discuss storytelling with impact. Uh, is your brand brave enough? Uh, recently, you know, September of, of 2023, uh, Insider released a research study revealing the importance of aligning with person-first storytelling. I've been telling our teams in multiple stories that the new brand safety is brand purpose. And I think bravery aligns really well with that. So, you know, for years, brands are advised to, to, to just say, this is what we stand for. This is our mission, our vision, our values. And we know that with the new generations coming on board and becoming people that we market to in these younger demos, you know, they have an affinity to support brand with purpose. Based on your recent research, you know, how do you think, or maybe how should brands approach defining what their purpose-driven initiatives should be? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's really important to understand that the way that people are experiencing brand uh, engagement and the way that people engage with brands is very different than how we may have done it when we were growing up, um, as well as the fact that we have media at our fingertips, in our hands all the time. And so with that knowledge and the fact that Insider is really digital first, we decided to uh, put together a two-part study earlier this year. And with that, we 
we wanted to do a really exciting experimental A-B test to really understand recall, purchase consideration, and perceptions of the advertising and the articles that they're linked to. And the, ex the exciting part about this was that we were able to kind of curate our own fake brand, so to speak, and align them with person-first storytelling and then a non-person-first formatted article of similar content to really understand are we moving the needle with recall? Is there any additional engagement with wanting to read reviews or consider purchasing? All of those really hard to reach lower funnel metrics that really mean money in hand for the brand. And so with that, we were able to really just sky's the limit and see where that went. But on top of that, we really wanted to kind of dig in deeper. So like we had that one study, but we, we said, okay, well, we're only as good as we know those numbers to be. We really want to hear from the people too on what they feel about bold messaging and what matters to them when they're considering interacting and engaging with a brand. And so we did a, a second study that sort of complemented that with a standardized, you know, questionnaire survey like form to kind of amplify our original findings. And we found that respondents really do perceive brands that want to try and do good. Um, it helps move the needle. It helps increase purchase consideration and recall and overall positive sentiment with the brand. And those, those findings just show that consumers really are engaging and connecting to brands, especially those aligned with person-first storytelling. And it really, again, moves people through that purchase funnel that, you know, from awareness to opinion, consideration, preference, and purchase. And those, they have a higher recall, purchase consideration, and brand affinity. And so it really does matter, especially to those younger consumers, Gen Z and millennials of, that have, you know, they're moving into having more money, more opportunity to define what brands really mean to them. Um, and I think that those indicators only just show that it's more and more important these days for brands to have a definition of what they stand for, what it means to do good, and how they can do good, all in connection with what their brand mission statement is. And at Insider, we really try to help help brands do that. Yeah. So do good is such a, it's almost a hard to define on its own phrase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been talking about what it looks like and how we do more good. Um, we we know that historically, when we think digital, we think, uh, you know, we're not saving lives. We're, we're, we're managing squares on the internet. And I think that's changed significantly. We're at the very least saving livelihoods, but yeah. maybe more importantly, we are representing brands in a way that shows up with that level of purpose. Um, and it makes it very clear on, and what they do for, for, for like that human interaction. So maybe based on some of the research you've been talking about, how are consumers then viewing brands that are really bold enough and have the guts uh, to align with that kind of person first storytelling? Yeah, like I mentioned before, we really did find that consumers really notice and approve of brands that are willing to take a stand on things. Results show that people have a higher affinity and can relate more to brands that are willing to speak up and really feel fulfilled buying from brands that they consider brave. It kind of creates this full circle loop of the symbiotic relationship of the brand giving them something that they need, but them also feeling sort of absolved of guilt of having to spend money because they're doing something that like moves the needle and helps in some way. And if you think about it, 
Brands get only one first impression to make a great impression. And we know that the amount of content people can consume in one day is limitless, but their time is limited. So there's really only this window of opportunity where you can align your brand with the right content that's going to resonate with the consumer. And it's imperative that you do that right at the first time at the moment of opportunity. And at Insider, we really try to do that because not only do we have articles and um, alignment with business and news, but we have a lifestyle section too. So we have the, oh, I need to know how I can best help my business move forward. But then if people need a break and they need that time, they come to us for the lifestyle section. And then when you pair that with our person for storytelling and have advertisers that are advertising on our site with that, it only just amplifies that connection because we are that one-stop shop for people. Yeah. So I, I live in a world of analogies and hypotheticals more often than not. Yeah. Um, and knowing that people care and they want to engage and they want to transact because they feel like maybe I shouldn't be shopping or maybe I shouldn't be buying, but I know my money's going to a good cause. So it makes me feel a little bit better. Um, can you tell me just maybe a little bit more about this, like the opportunities that it creates? I mean, more than just sales, right? The impact yeah. of gaining consumer attention via doing good is is real right definitely yeah i mean it can really create at a chemical level this feeling of fulfillment and nurturing between brands and you can have repeat customers because of that and our research we were really able to after we synthesized it pull out three main things that you can think of um, when trying to determine how your brand can be brave where and how it can impact people. And those three C's are really one being connection. So that connection that you can build with the brand and the person at a relationship level. We have care. So that's empathy and the feeling that um, the sentiment and positive sentiment that you're curating is there as well. And then there's confidence. And that's that old aspect of things, too. So you can really, in my opinion, you can do one, two, or all three of them, but it all really is um, dependent on where your brand is at in its journey of building on its mission statement, if that makes sense. It, it does. The, the three C's feel, um, fam they feel familiar, Yeah. but they also feel similar. Can you maybe give me an example of how those three are truly, you know, not siloed is a good, is a good term for once. Yeah. Yeah. So with, with connection, we really find that that human-driven narrative um, imparts brand relatability and can foster connection. We found that almost three quarters of respondents indicated that stories told from the perspective of a person help them relate more to the content. Um, and then we also found that people are more likely to remember brands that are connected to real life stories because they are able to put themselves in the shoes of the person in that story for care, we found that, for example, when you are aware that brands are trying to do good, that can help people recall and build awareness of your brand. And we actually found that our readers in particular are more likely to value brands that give back. So again, that's sort of that um, self-fulfilling feeling that when you're engaging and interacting with a brand or feeling positively towards the brand, um, you are also doing good. And so from your, the, your own seat, you can help move the needle, even though you're not actively out there, you know, 
volunteering for things. Um, and then with uh, the, the confidence portion, we find that confidence really begets confidence. And so we found actually that almost three quarters of respondents reported feeling fulfilled buying from brands they consider brave. And then almost two thirds feel fulfilled buying from brands that stand up for what they believe in. And I think that that really just shows that brands should feel empowered to take a deep, hard look at what they stand for and what they can do, because you don't have to be a huge big name brand to help benefit society. You know, like you don't have to be um, pouring in billions of dollars to climate change. I mean, that would be great, of course, like, please help with climate change. But, you know, on that front, you can be smaller and still align with a story. We had actually an amazing story where um, we wrote an article about a woman who won a James Beard Award um, and was featured on Chef's Table, but her biggest um, her biggest uh, experience that she was proud of was the fact that she escaped domestic abuse. And so like that fact right there, it kind of puts something slightly uncomfortable that people might not come across all the time with something that's really impressive, but then amplifying that with the advertising around it. And we actually saw that we had higher click-through rates, more reading time, more engagement time. And so people really do seek out moments where they can say, wow, that person really went through something or wow, I, I don't know what I would do in that situation if I were there, but look, this person overcame things. And a lot of times um, brands can kind of get nervous around those topics. And I think what we're seeing is a real change with that, where people can feel fulfilled to align with something that might be a little bit pushing the boundaries, but not too insane. And then, you know, be a little bit brave with that bold sentiment and it will help people recall um, when they are going to make a purchase or read a review or talk about it with their friends. So, so the proof is in the pudding. The data is there. Yes. The story, yes. the story is real, yes. uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to challenge this one because, okay. and not because it's wrong because no. I think adoption of this way of working and thinking is not happening at the speed we need it to. And we're a little off script here, but um, how, how is, how is your, kind of success in these uh, high stakes positions, those conversations you're having, how are those resonating enough to get a brand or a client or an agency to go forward and say, okay, it's not, we, we need to be brave. We've, we've got to have guts to get this done. Here is something we know we can do because it embodies our values. I think what's most important is feeling like you have someone on your side to help you with it. In the times that I've had to, from a personal standpoint, engage in high stakes presentations or client meetings, I have always looked to a mentor or someone else who's already done it to really help scope out what the expectations are, what the goals are, and then what a positive outcome looks like. And I think that that formula is similar with this as well, because brands don't want to just feel like they're doing a shot in the dark. They want it to feel like they have a prescribed plan, it aligns with their mission statement, and they have actionable, measurable outcomes that will show that this was successful. And at Insider, we are really able to do that for brands because we can not only 
partner with them in ways at a variety of different price points to put together opportunities for them to align with person-first storytelling or in bold ways. But we can sit with them and say, okay, your mission statement is quite different than it was a few years ago. How can we work together and mentor together to help you feel safe and prepared, but also allow you to feel like you're doing something a little bit different. And we actually have um, an amazing marketing team and an amazing in-house studios team that created opportunities for B2B, B2C, a variety of different brands that align with this person first storytelling format. And with that, you can, you can work with us to walk that mission or journey, so to speak, with, with Insider. Because we really, it's in, it's in our DNA. It's the backbone of how we do business and you know, the storytelling that our, our company aims to put forward. So. This is Luke Lambert, and you are listening to OMD Red Talks. Today, we are with Kaylee Arbertson, and we are talking all about uh, person-first storytelling and the bravery that it takes to do so. I'm hearing a lot of qualitative in the conversation and the storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, but when I introduced, we talked about the data behind the story and making sense of that data. Tell, tell me more. How do we quantify the value of you know, purpose-driven storytelling? How do we ensure that a client is stepping into a world that's going to drive air quote performance, however it needs to be defined. But I think numbers at the end of the day, especially right now going into a, you know, an unknown future, it's, it's questionable about being brave and taking those leaps. Yeah. I, I think it's a very valid point that you bring up and numbers really do rule everything, especially with my research background. I'm in numbers day to day. I think that again, it comes down to the metrics of what you are establishing as your goals. So for us, we look at time spent viewing, engagement metrics, like click-through rates, how many articles you're reading, how long you're staying on the page. But at Insider, we also look at monthly uniques. So we have over 150 million global readers. We have 1.3 billion video minutes watched in the month of August. Like. These are not small numbers. And so we're able to use those to the benefit of our clients. But from a research standpoint with these studies in particular, we spoke to over 2000 people across the globe and throughout the four generations, Gen Z, Millennial, Gen X and Baby Boomers. We spoke to business decision makers as well as um, college students that fall into that Gen Z. Uh, age bracket, but you know, we really wanted to make sure that we did our due diligence when it came to making sure that that we were not going down a rabbit hole, but looking and speaking to as many people as possible. And again, when we're looking to evaluate was this successful, we found that, uh, for example, our our research research shows that brands that align with purse for person-first storytelling are actually two times more likely to consider purchasing from advertisements. So again, that's looking at the, in the, the cool AB test I mentioned, um, the non-person-first storytelling format versus the person-first storytelling format. And that comparison, we found a two times lift compared to that. Or when we have a, an editorial sponsorship like we did with Dell Technologies, we found when it was um, it was all based on person first storytelling uh, from the perspective of 
taking people out of the boardroom from a digital transformation perspective and bringing the innovation to day-to-day -day people. And that actually really resonated with having um, higher click-through rates and time spent, and it actually won a content marketing award. So we are seeing that with all of those things, the numbers are backing up what our hypotheses were, because you always want to start out with a hypothesis and then kind of go from there and determine, is this uh, working? Are we on track? And, you know, are we benefiting more than just ourselves? Because we always want to make sure that we're doing that as well. So that was a, it, the Dell example is a really great one of a brand that embodies storytelling with impact, right? And, and the outcome is, is tangible and measurable. Um, do you have maybe beyond the three C's a here's the foundation you build from? This is the thing that's a there's no question. It has to be in every conversation if you're going to lead um, with person first storytelling. That's a really good question. I think I think it's looking at your brand mission statement first. Okay. Um, I Love think it. that you have to just take a. a good hard look at like what your brand wants to accomplish. And then from there, you're able to build it out further. I mean, you want to make sure you don't want to be too bold at first when you when people might not know your name, for example. So then you might want to strategize on a different way. It might be instead of confidence, it's care or connection, you know, going back to the the <laughs> source of truth of the three C's. But, you know, I think that there are very many different ways that you can back into taking advantage of storytelling with impact and being brave. But I think that, again, you have to just know that it aligns with your mission statement um, and what your brand wants to achieve. And again, you don't have to be a huge name to do it. You just have to align yourselves sort of with the right, the right brands and companies and content to make sure that your message is getting amplified to the right groups of people. Yeah, so something that came out of, of CAN this past year was um, a lot of detailed data and study around the state of creativity. And there's a line that has really stuck with me since. And it is, you know, that the future of creativity is going to be balanced by the use of data, technology, and guts, um, which is why I've been using the word guts so much. But there's also this question, and this is totally an opinion. So give me your opinion. <laughs> um, for those listening, this is an opinion of Kaylee. We don't have to put this on anyone else. But in your opinion, how would maybe a brand um, that I represent know that they've got guts, that they're being bold enough uh, in their storytelling? I think it's practice. I, I recognize that everyone is inundated with so much data so many choices every day. I am honestly, as a parent and full-time mom and a, a baker and a volunteer, I am just decision fatigued by the end of the day, but I rely on the data to ensure that I'm trying to make the most sound decisions I possibly can, whether it be in my personal or professional life. And I really do my due diligence to do a lot of research before I make a decision much to the chagrin of my friends and family. And I would say that you have to practice at being bold. You have to dip your toe in a little bit. And you, again, set that 
metric of, okay, I'm not going to hit it out of the ballpark. I'm just going to run to first base, but let me try this and see if it works. What were, what was the engagement time? How many impressions did I get? Did people start going to the site that I wanted them to go to? What was the goal of the advertisement? And then did that meet the goal? And then from there, you can kind of say, okay, let me try to get to second base. What would I need to do to get to second base and third base and a home run? And then by that point, you've already got this solid foundation of being a little bit more aligned with human stories or, you know, being aligned with creating that chemical reaction between your brand and your, your consumers already start to expect that. And from there, it just builds and builds and builds until all of a sudden you are hitting home runs out of the park. And it's okay if you strike out the first time, as long as they're baby steps, you don't want to necessarily hit it out of the park right away or completely strike out and then have it, um, have it flop. But I think that if you're strategic and thoughtful and you don't jump into the deep end right away, but you partner with a brand like insider and then have these baby steps taken, it's, it's, a more sound decision-making process, if that makes sense. And that's, again, strictly the opinion of Kaylee. But I think that um, for me, a lot of the decisions I make in my own life that I think are applicable to this as well is just doing your research and, and doing as much thoughtful thinking about the decisions that you might make. And, you know, okay, what are the resources I can go to to help me make those decisions? When we think um, about how we get clients in, in a from-to scenario, whether it's new audiences to speak to, new channels to engage in, new formats to onboard, new partners to, to leverage. Um, those from twos are, are certainly data driven. And I'm wondering, um, what does the from two look like for a brand that probably has no idea if their mission statement can really drive um, you know, brand saliency in the marketplace? What do they do? Do they look at this and say, wait a minute, this is a, mo this is a real moment for retrospection. How do we update this mission statement to be, you know, people first in the marketplace and show bravery and show up in the places that are hard to be in, you know, and, and what are those places? So if I bring, I bring client to you and I say, I need help. We need to have a discussion and I don't know where to start. Their mission is do no harm. And it's hard to, define that and it's hard to find places that are automatically going to do no harm to everyone. What do we do? How do we start thinking about that? Is there a go back and redefine your mission statement in order to market yourselves appropriately to the new consumer? Or is there a, you know, this, this mission statement has hard walls and there are a few places you can go and, and be brave. Yeah. You bring up a really good point that there might be, hard walls for certain brands or certain goals. I mean, you might not ever have a brand that can be as bold as they'd like to be given the needs of their business. And I think, I think with that, that actually, it really allows for people to, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this when you might not be able to be as flexible as you can be given stakeholders or the the need to be more drawn in insider has the ability to curate articles that are needed 
to support those brands. So it's not necessarily, you might wind up in um, a, an editorial sponsorship that focuses on something that's outside of their comfort zone. It's, we offer a wide variety of different pages, topics, uh, videos, series. We can curate things for you because we have that bespoke in-house agency. And so I would just say that we try to meet brands where they are at and we are very respectful of the boundaries that certain ads or certain clients might have or need given the constraints of certain stakeholders. So it's not a don't engage with a brand that does a lot of person-first storytelling. It's, well, we can meet them where they are and we can work with them. And if a stakeholder isn't specifically comfortable doing certain things, that's okay because we have another option or we're always ideating, brainstorming. And I actually just heard uh, in, an, in a meeting last yesterday, actually, that um, they realized on a shoot that they, had on, they were only going to do four videos and they decided to do five because they had an idea about a new location and the client loved it. And all of a sudden we're doing five videos, but that wasn't necessarily on the, the original game plan, but because of the quick thinking of the insider team, we were able to do even more. And so there is a lot of flexibility. And I think that's one thing that I love about insider is just the ability to, if you have a good idea, you can really run with it if you can prove its value and how it benefits not only insider internally, but external clients as well. And that example of being able to do five videos instead of four videos because it helps the client is just really what we try to get at with all of our partnerships. And so if a client comes to us and says, we aren't able to do um, X, Y, and Z, we work with them on that. And again, as I mentioned earlier, like the research does show all of these fantastic linkings between person for storytelling and driving purchase consideration and moving people through the funnel. But that might not be what that brand needs at that moment. And they might have specific constraints given changes in their brand evolution or things that people weren't expecting given the pandemic that, you know, obviously we all went through. And so I think, I think it really is just trying to be as thoughtful as possible and working with, with the constraints that you're given. Yeah, I think maybe, shoot, five years ago, give or take, we had done some research um, on negative reach, right? Showing up in, in content that, that maybe wasn't as air quote brand safe. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as an industry, we've created maybe some problems for content that's just necessary and people need to have access to that content um, because it's not air quote brand safe because a single impression in one of those environments can turn into millions with a screenshot and a tweet, I think is still what it's called. Um, but we've, we're starting to change position, right? This conversation that you and I are having is saying, that, no, you, you need to be brave. You need to be willing to go into new spaces, especially if your mission and vision statements are saying, this is who we are because your consumer is there and they're expecting it. That consumer, that customer, that person that they want to have a relationship with, they may just be a little bit though, of who they want to talk to. Um, and we want to growth map our clients in a position says, this is as many people as you need to go out and win over to hit your growth ambitions and goals. You do that through that empathy framework. It's very similar to what you've laid out in your three C's. How do we, how do we approach a client that says, yeah, but I can't be there because it might really turn off 
XYZ customer consumer, um, even if they're not in our audience profile, even if there's like, we don't want that bad press. Like, how do we get over the hurdle of the airport bad press? Because, you know, no news is good news. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's a really interesting question because obviously brands don't want bad press. They don't want anything disparaging, every, all positivity. I think, I think I would rely more on my, my research methodology knowledge of the fact that my time in the TV world, we really focused a lot of, on reach and frequency and the impact that has on getting your messaging out. And there are different windows of opportunities for car buyers versus cereal buyers versus toothpaste buyers, because you're in the market for all of those things at different points in your life. I mean, cereal, you're in the market probably every two weeks, but a car probably once every 10 years, maybe, I'm, give or take, I'm not quite sure. But I would say that you don't need to, I, I love this quote that an old mentor of mine said, he, he used to say, you don't need to drain the bottle, the, the body um, to get an effective blood sample. So you don't need to collect everything all together um, to have a viable sample of what you need to get done to get your messaging out. And I always think about that when I'm working on studies because I don't want to oversample or undersample. I want to be able to have a statistically stable base when I'm looking at all of my research. And I would say that with the bad press aspect, it's very hard to please every single person. And I would just focus on the fact that if you are reaching a stable sample, you don't necessarily have to have 100% happy blood. <laughs> you can have you know, a little bit. And as long as it's not the majority or you know, you're looking at just the, the, the messaging at hand and is it conveying how you want to get across? It's, I don't think, I think in my life I've learned that you can't please everyone, even though I'm a people pleaser, I try hard. I would say that um, it's very important to focus on that and reflect back on the KPIs that you were looking for. Is it driving ROI? And from there say, okay, it's, it's very hard to please everyone. And did we put a lot of work into this partnership? Did we achieve the metrics or the goals that we wanted? And uh, from there, I would gauge the success of that and take to heart, okay, what are some of the negative things that I might be hearing? I don't think it's possible to, to please every single person, honestly. And so I think that you really have to just say, okay, let me hear all the feedback that I can collect and say, is this something that's going to impact sales or is this something that's just people kind of getting a little flustered or frustrated? And then from there, do sort of like a post analysis and say, okay, what worked? What might we want to change a little bit and go from there? But I think that, again, it's, I haven't really come across anything that's allowed people to, to be 100% happy all of the time. So. <laughs> Wouldn't we all love that? Mm -hmm. I, I kind of, I'm kind of thinking and feeling like that any brand, no matter how small, can still show up. Mm -hmm. uh, sort of purpose and bravery and representing who they are and what their mission is. So um, knowing that it impacts the bottom line as well. And of course, the three C's is, is foundational or guiding principles or at least lenses through which we can approach uh, telling these person first stories. So, you know, thank you for being so smart, uh, being so brave to talk to me and, and take the curveballs as I threw them. Um, and, and just giving me the time because I know that our audience of listeners, like they're busy, they do yeah. consume a lot to your point, mm -hmm. even though they're 
limited in their time and we try and make sure we get as much into their ears uh, as possible. And I think this is one of those conversations that that over delivers on, on our ambition. So thank you so much for, for joining. Yeah, it's been really wonderful and I'm very happy to have joined you. So thank you so much. Yeah, so that, look, that is a wrap for this episode of OMD Red Talks. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode. And as always, stay curious and we will see you next time.